the last stand-down. Episode 2 Okay, now, sir, how are you feeling? A little less shaky? Uh, yes, a, a little steadier now, thank you, Constable. Amanda. Please call me Amanda. Now, I have a question. Why do you think you attracted this series of upsetting events to you? I, I beg your pardon? Hey, I thought you might find the question a little strange. While you're pondering that, why don't we pop into your favourite cafe? Well, actually, I don't have one. I've never been inside a cafe until today. Oh, Arthur, your education is sadly lacking. Come on, let's go to mine. Just a five-minute walk. Oh, this is nice, Amanda. Yes, and it's nice and close to the park. I think you're right. Now let me treat you. While I go and order the coffees, I'll get you to fill out the statement form. And you can be as brief as you like, as we already know what happened. Constable Amanda Broughton speaking. Oh, Amanda, I didn't catch up with you before you left. I was taking down a statement in the interview room. Are you still meeting Arthur? Yes, I'm with Arthur. He seems a little better now, and he's writing out a statement at the moment. I'll drop it in on your desk tomorrow morning. Okay, that's fine, as I would like to wrap this all up tomorrow. See you tomorrow morning, Sarge. Is that the sergeant from today? Yes, it was. And I'll just get you to sign that in a moment to make it all official before our coffees arrive. I just wanted to get to know you a little more, as I have a similar story to yours. Redundancy and all that. Oh, so you were put off too? Sort of. About three years ago, while I was working for a shipping firm. I was there for about ten years and it was my first job out of university. Ten years? Hey! Yes, the shipping business was going through tough times and they had to put people off. I think I was one of the lucky ones. It wasn't your fault. No, no, but I totally lost it that day. Lost it? Yes, totally. Two white coffees? Yes, thank you. Thanks. My situation's a little different. It seems personal. They said it's not my fault, but I'm not sure at this point. Oh, Arthur, Arthur, it doesn't matter whether it's your fault or not. It still feels like it's your fault. Besides, whatever it is, the fact is you're out of a job, sort of. And you feel like crap. Oh, oh sorry. You feel horrible. <laughs> yes, I do feel like crap. Though I dare say I, I've never used that word before. Okay, crap it is. But you know what? That crap totally immobilised me. Then I suppose I became depressed. Though depression's what you do, not what you are. What you do? Yes, depression's what you do. I just became unable to function. I couldn't bring myself to look for another job, see my friends, or even tell my family. Sometimes I just stayed in bed for days. At times I even thought I wanted this all to end. Goodness, that, that's terrible. Yes, it was. But it was also the best thing that ever happened to me. The best? <laughs> How was that? Yep, the best thing ever. As I lay there, Arthur, day after day, I fumed, I cried, and eventually I stopped fighting it. 
I was too exhausted. That was when I wanted it all to end. I didn't care how it ended. I just wanted it to. Oh, you poor thing. I know, but with no income and my savings gone, I had to do something. I couldn't ask my parents for help, even though they lived nearby, or anyone else for that matter. I was so ashamed. So what happened? Well, after six months, I'd had enough. I'd done all my crying and just wanted something to change. And then, it was all over. Yes, it was like a small ray of sunshine piercing the clouds. And then this happened. I went from pity to recovery, thinking, how am I going to get out of this? So how did you get out of it? Brian turned up. Amazing timing, really. And that's where I learned there's no such thing as coincidence. Oh dear, so what you're saying is that I actually asked for this. I actually wanted this to happen. And the accident with the criminal? You probably won't like this, but yep. Maybe your job's not exciting enough anymore, for whatever reason. And you're looking for some kind of adventure. Something exciting. Maybe even exotic. Well, I do seem to be thinking of Australia. Or is it New Zealand? I'm not sure anymore. And so, you bump into me. A Kiwi. A Kiwi? A New Zealander, Arthur. We call ourselves Kiwis. Actually, you're the second new Kiwi I've met today. Both of you caring as well. Ah, caring. I like that. You see, the universe really does want you to realise that it cares and that help is there. All you need to do is ask. Ask? Uh, Ask who? The universe, Arthur. You've already got two helpful Kiwis. Imagine what you might get if you ask. Right, so what did you do next? Well, actually, I did nothing at all. I just said enough with a passion I'd never felt before. And the universe took over. The universe? Yes, the universe, the world, Buddha, God, whatever you believe in. It sounds insane, doesn't it? Yes, right. You see, Arthur, I called for help with a passion and it turned up. I yelled in my head, in my bed, so no one could hear me. And things started to happen. What things? You see, the very next day, I received a letter from Her Majesty's Internal Revenue and I was due a refund. You got a refund? Yes, I did, eventually. And it was the start of things to happen. So what happened next? I then received a call from one of my co-workers, Brian, to see how I was. I hadn't spoken to anyone after I left. Too embarrassed. As it turned out, Brian was also made redundant and went through a similar situation to me. Him too, eh? Yes. We chatted for a while and he told me he'd found a new job, moved places and met some wonderful girlfriend. Life was on the up and up for him. And I wanted that too. But how did he help you? He got bossy on the phone and told me he was coming around for coffee and would be there in half an hour. Then he hung up. He made me move. And you went for coffee? He did. I couldn't have him to see the state of my flat and I quickly got ready and met him at the front door. Going for coffee was just an excuse to get me out and talking again. So how did he help you? Well, after he listened to me moan and groan for a while, he simply said, so what are you going to do about it? 
That was a bit harsh. I thought so, and just started crying. You cried? In front of him? Absolutely, and I couldn't stop crying. He asked me again, and I guess I got really mad and shouted to him to just stop. That must have been really upsetting for you. It was, and then he started laughing at me. He said he was thrilled I got so angry as this was all part of the process. The, the process? Yes, he explained that depression and anger had the same cause, unmet expectations. With depression, we go inside, but with anger, we go outside and lash out at someone. Oh, I hadn't thought of it like that. So, once we move to anger, we're ready to actually take action. I must say that I kind of felt empowered after that. Gosh, I'm wondering if I'm in anger yet. It will all work itself out. See, it's all about life's path. We all have things to achieve and somehow something or someone keeps us on that path. You with me here? No, not really, but keep going. Sometimes we don't know what that path is. And usually we don't even know there is a path, a mission, if you will. Confused? Very confused, Amanda. See, we get busy doing what we think we ought to be doing. But there's another calling. Very few people live life happily, peacefully, and in accord with their true calling. No, but it sounds a lot like me. The trick is, is to stay open. And the right path will present itself to you when you're ready. So what happened to you and Brian? Well, it all started to unfold after Brian turned up. I stayed open. The anger passed and the rest started to unfold. Unfold? I went for a job that didn't work out and the police station was next door. Something drew me in. I met an old friend I hadn't seen for years. I joined the police and after a couple of years was sent here to London on secondment. I couldn't have planned that. Gosh. And things will soon begin to happen to you if you stay open. Let the universe speak. Somebody else has already told me that today. I'm not surprised. And it's been wonderful chatting to you. How did you know? Anyway, thank you for doing this today. It's been a pleasure and thank you for listening. I hope it helps. Anyway, here's my number just in case you want to know more or just want to chat. Just call and invite me round. Bye. Gee, invite me around. These Kiwis are sure very forward. Oh, Joan, uh, what's the... It's Mum, Arthur. She's... She's gone. It's, it's okay, Joan. Love, I, I'm here. <laughs> uh, excuse me, Mrs Bailey. We'll take your mother now. Thank you, young man. We'll follow you to the hospital. Uh, no, sir. The funeral parlour on Orchard Road. Do you know where that is? Ah, uh, yes, I, I know the one. We'll see you there soon, very soon. Thank you, sir. There's no hurry, but as soon as you can make it, we will need you to complete some paperwork. Thank you. Now, dear, 
Let's lock your mother's house and head home for a cup of tea and a sit. Yes, yes, that sounds good. Arthur, I've just realised. What are you doing here at this time? I asked Dottie to call you at the office, but that was only a short while ago. Yes, it's been quite a day, hasn't it? <laughs> quite a day. Uh, I uh, left early today and I guess I must have been on my way home when she called. But Arthur, you've never left early before. Is something wrong? Well, yes, I'm afraid there is, my dear. I, I was asked to leave, to not work at the office for a while. Something about security. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, it's okay, love. We can talk about it later. Uh, do you want to tell me what happened with your mother? Well, um, I just went up there to, s to see how she was and as she hadn't called up today. Uh, no, <sighs> if you like. No, no, I want I want you to know, but, but there's not much to tell, really. I knocked on the door and there was no answer. I heard nothing, absolutely nothing, and I just knew something was wrong. Oh, it just doesn't seem real. Right. I then used my key, walked in and found her on the floor in the lounge room. Do you know, I always thought I'd scream or run away or do something dramatic when that happened. I always knew it would happen one day, obviously. It, it just... Oh, well, Joan. I just stood there and, and looked and looked. I couldn't move as it, it seemed a big part of me was lost gone forever. I just felt so empty, but complete somehow too. Oh, I can't explain that. Oh, gosh. But you know, love, it's not nice finding your mother well like that. Not nice at all. But well, yes, I, I was shocked. That's all I can say. It's a strange feeling. Quite, yes. Fully complete. Arthur, dear. Why are you smiling? <laughs> I'm not smiling at you. It's just that that word you used, completeness, just seems oddly right. And I'm not sure why. I, I know I'm supposed to be sad and wailing and making a scene, but I don't feel like that at all. I'm sad and shocked. It was unexpected. But I can't deny that completeness thing inside. I feel a bit guilty for it. Perhaps it might sink in a bit later. Mm, maybe it will. Maybe for both of us. So, what about you, you poor thing? Did you say you lost your job? Well, not really. They want me to consider working from home. It's something about a security risk. And I also witnessed a police scuffle today, too. Security risk? Police scuffle? What do you mean, a police scuffle? Yes. Look, it all happened so quickly. He was a dark man, a uh, New Zealand, I think. Uh, would that be a, 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 a Maori? I suppose so. Oh, the man they caught and the other one who thanked me, both Maoris. Scary men. Arthur, Arthur, stop right there. Slow down, take a breath, and then tell me all about it. It's obviously not only me who's had a harrowing day. I'm afraid so, Joan. Why don't we go and get the official stuff done at the funeral place and then we can come back home?
Look at this, Arthur. Something about a hero on the front page. Is that you from this morning? Well, yes. Oh, I'm not quite a hero. I just happened to be there and he sort of tripped over my foot. I got knocked down as well and was then helped by a very helpful policewoman, uh, Amanda. Oh, sounds like you were more involved than that, according to the paper. Where have you been? I've been trying to call you time and again. Why don't you get an answer phone? You must really get up to date and it's rude to not let people contact you or leave messages. I don't know how many times. Why don't you get one? Martin, I've had quite enough of this. I'm your father, not a law client. Now, what is it that you want? Well, yes. It's still rude and backward to not have an answer phone or a mobile these days. Everyone else has them. Martin, I'm going to say this once, and then I'm going to hang up, okay? Uh, okay. Now, you haven't told us what you want, so I'm going to tell you where we've been. If you must know, we've just got back from the funeral parlor as your grandmother died today. Oh. Well, now you do, and I did leave a message on your home answer phone and with your secretary. I hope you will all be there to support your mother and I on Thursday. Now, what is it that you wanted from us so urgently? Oh, uh, well... I wanted to know if you could look after the kids for two days. It's a teacher-only day, or half-term break, or something. Ah, uh, hell, I, I don't know. I'm really sorry about you, Mum and Grandma. Yes, so are we, Martin. So, when would you like us to look after the grandchildren? Well, I could drop them off first thing in the morning, if that's okay. Martin, it's been a big day. Let me talk it over with your mother. Just a minute. Of course. Dad, I'm... that's fine. I'm really sorry. Joan, what do you think, dear? Have the grandchildren over here for two days from tomorrow morning? Oh, Arthur, that would be lovely. It'll take my mind off things. Martin, uh, that's fine for tomorrow. It might even brighten things up around here. Good night. Good night, Dad. I really am sorry. I'll see you tomorrow. What are you doing? I've been watching you. Not sure, as I don't have work today. It's a little unusual for me. Very odd. I feel a bit guilty about it. Well, it's early, so why don't you come back to bed, as you don't have to be anywhere today? Hmm, yes. We should do this more often. It's just, well, comfortable. Comfortable? <laughs> comfortable? So you think I'm fat? No, no, dear, not at all. It just feels comfortable being in your arms. It feels right. I was joking, silly. And we have lots to do today to get ready for the funeral on Thursday. We need to get moving. But look, why don't you stay here and I'll bring you up your breakfast just for today. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, Mum. Good morning, AIL Insurance. Haley speaking. Ah, oh, good morning, Haley. It's Arthur Bailey here. Oh. Sir, are you okay? Oh, uh, I suppose I am. Actually, I'm strangely peaceful, despite why I'm not in at work today. So you've slipped through a crack? Slipped through a what? Slipped through a crack in the map. You've slipped through a crack in your map, the way you had your life planned. You might slip back, but probably not. Golly, what an interesting thought. 
I'm just calling to say I won't be available for the next few days if needed, as my mother-in-law has just passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, sir. Yes, uh, thank you, Haley. Uh, but Joan and I actually feel oddly okay about what's happened. Well, sir, good luck on your journey. I guess we won't see you for a while then. Oh dear, no. I'll be back in to pick up some work next week. Uh, could you let Mary know? I will, sir, but you may not be. When you slip through a crack in the map and are feeling right about it, despite what has happened, you don't usually want to come back. You might try, but the old map's never the same with that rip in it. Gosh. Oh, sir, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't be telling you what to do. Oh, that's perfectly okay. In fact, what you're saying sounds quite logical. How do you know this? Because I slipped through a crack in my map. I had to get away from New Zealand, and here I am now in London and enjoying every bit of it. Oh, uh, so you think I'll have to move, you know, to another country? You may not, but if you do, it will be much easier than before. Hmm. Well, thank you, Haley. I suppose we will speak later in the week, then. Of course, sir. And don't forget to listen to your heart. Why is that? Do you think I'm going to have a heart attack? No, 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 sir. Nothing like that. Just listen to your heart for guidance, for decisions. Hear that quiet voice of peace. Peace? Yes. If you're stewing over a decision, make the choice that brings you a deep sense of peace. Any other decisions can be rejected. Gosh, I've never heard that before. You're quite a wise young thing. I'm your angel for today, sir, and you'll be someone else's angel. We all get a turn every day. <laughs> well, yes, quite. Uh, don't forget to let Mary know that I'm indisposed and I'll call her later in the week. Absolutely, sir. Take care of yourself. Well, that was quite a conversation. <laughs> yes, apparently, dear, I've, I've slipped through the map. Well, maybe you've leapt off the edge of your map. <laughs> Now, Arthur, you didn't tell me what a hero you were. Hero? Yes, Martin's brought this morning's paper over with the kids who arrived while you were on the phone. Has he now? It appears you tackled a local drug dealer. Quite a vicious man, they say. And that's not all. You also saved a woman and a small child in the process. The police say they've been after him for six months and you did it single-handed. Look, there's a photo and it's definitely you. Yes, yes. I told you about it, but I'm not sure it happened quite that way. How are you, Timothy? Hello, Grandad. You look happy and sad at the same time. Yes, suppose I am. And what about you, young lady? Hmm. I like hugging you, Grandad. Are you all right, Martin? Yes, I was, Dad. Look, I know that this is an awful time for you and Mum with Grandy dying and everything. I've got some news too. It's all happening at once, isn't it? Is it bad news, Martin? I'm afraid so, Dad. Why don't I take the kids with me and help make some tea for all of us? Come along, kiddies. You can help me with the biscuits. The English remedy for any problem under the sun. A good cup of tea. So, Martin, what's your news? Oh, Dad, you've just got enough of your own stuff going on. Martin, what's going on? Well, Dad, it's Ruth. She says she's met someone. Met who? A man. A man at work. A, a bloody man at work. There's no need to swear. I'm sorry, Dad, but she's fallen in love with him and wants to leave me. There, I said it. Oh, Martin. Oh, son, oh gosh. Can I help? 
Well, actually, Dad, right now, I'd like a great big hug. Oh, hell, Dad, this is such a mess. I'm supposed to be here supporting you both. Look, Martin, we've had four deaths here in the last 24 hours. Four deaths? Yes, four. My job's become unsafe. I think I ended some criminal's career. Your grandmother has died, and now your situation. None of us quite knows what to do about any of it. And as they say, if you're at the crossroads and you don't know what to do, do nothing. So you've lost your job at AIL? Yes, well, not lost it, but they've asked me not to work at the office. Whatever that means. Actually, I've been dreaming of change lately, but not quite like this. And now this has happened, I'm not sure if I want to go back. Hell, Dad. I thought you'd never leave that place. Nor did I. I don't quite know what to do, actually, so I'm doing nothing. Maybe that's what I should be doing instead of trying to fix everything and just get through the day. Now, Martin, dear, weren't you off to a conference with your law firm? Yes, I was off to a conference in Geneva, but I've cancelled. Seems like there's enough going on here now. Why don't you two run back to the kitchen to get the biscuit tin? Joan, Ruth has left Martin. Oh, Martin! And do the children know? Well, they think Mommy wants a holiday for a while. I don't know what to say. Do you know if she said anything to them? Not sure. All I know is she arrived home late last night, put the kids to bed, acted all normal, told me her news, stayed the night, and left early this morning. Stayed the night? Yes, I don't even know if she's coming back to get her stuff, or what's going on. All I know is that she met this chap through work. Oh, Martin, I am sorry. You must be feeling very confused. Now, kids, did you both know that Grandad is a hero? He caught a criminal yesterday for the police. Well, <laughs> it wasn't quite like that. I just happened to be there and he sort of stumbled over me. Well, that's what I remember anyway. sound a bit strange, callous even, but I'm still not sad, as I'm supposed to be. But you were crying in the church. Yes, I was, Arthur. I had a good old week, didn't I? And I've had a few tears over the last few days, too. Yes, you have. So you must be sad. Well, crying doesn't mean we're sad, you know. You see, she had an uneventful life, but it became a serene one. Things weren't always good with her and Dad. In fact, he was downright abusive to her sometimes. However, through all her trials, she, she learned to forgive herself and everyone knew. Forgive herself? Yes, forgive herself. It's the only thing we have to do. When we forgive ourselves, our defects, our errors, we can forgive everyone else and the world. Oh, uh, right. She learned to accept herself and with that acceptance came serenity that everyone noticed. You heard what they said about her at the service. I did, and I, I was quite moved. I had no idea she had so many friends and that she touched so many people. And she didn't go anywhere. She didn't have to. They came to her. So you're sad because she's gone? No, love. We're never sad for what we've lost. We're sad for what could have been. Look, I loved my mother. You know that. 
And yes, you and I have had our differences, but she was a rock when things weren't going well for us. Do you know, she never criticised us. Never? Never. She never criticised either of us. She just listened and smiled. <laughs> she offered tea and biscuits and still listened and smiled. I guess she knew I already had the answers, even though I didn't think I did. Do you understand me? I... I, I think so. You know, all she would say is, Well, dear, you know what to do about that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know what to do, what did you do? Well, not sure. <laughs> Maybe we don't have to fix everything. Maybe knowing that someone believed in me, accepting me, is all that I needed. Anyway, I have you for that. Me? Look, Arthur, we all need a human pillow. Mum was my pillow. Now it feels like you've returned and I can fall into you and feel safe again. <laughs> a bit like changing of the guard, what? <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, sorry, mate. Hey, Arthur, it's you. Pardon? It's Greg. Greg Cousins. We met in the cafe the other day. Oh, yes. Are you following me? Hardly. I'm on the run and I can't stop. But we need to talk, Arthur. Who was that young man, Arthur? I'm not sure, and I don't want to think about him at the moment, if you don't mind. Are you sure, Arthur? Oh dear, I want to hear more about your mother when we get home over a nice cup of tea. You know, Arthur, maybe we've been hiding our full selves from each other. Do you think? Absolutely, dear. I never realised that you could talk and walk at the same time. Arthur, you cheeky sod! <laughs> but it's as if we've just started to communicate again and, and I have so much to say. So much time seems to have been lost and I just want to make it up to you, right now. You impatient thing, you! <laughs> well, we have plenty of time to do that now and in the comfort of our own home. What's wrong, Arthur? I cannot find my keys. I I'm sure I had them. Here, use mine then. Here they are, mate. Don't say we never look after you. Oh, uh, thanks for that, but but how, how did you get them? Now I know where you live. I've got to go, but we do need to hook up again. See you soon. Who is he, Arthur? Look, mate, they're after us, not you. So I'll bugger off. Lead them away. But, but, but wait. Arthur, come in, love. Tell me what's been going on and what you've been up to. But, but... Arthur, come inside. Now, where is he from? I think he's from the cafe. He, he looks familiar now and his voice is... Uh, oh, I don't know. It's been a long day. Oh, I think we both need a cup of tea. Thanks. It's nice to be home again. So, my dear, what do you make of it all? <laughs> Your job turns shaky. You become a local hero. My mother dies. Martin's marriage seems over. My mother's funeral today and... Now a young man bumps into you on the street. It's all a bit suspicious to me. Oh, yes. It was the same man, the, the Australian. What Australian? The one in what cafe? What have you been up to, Arthur? There's got to be a lot more to it. Oh, I don't know. I, I keep thinking I've missed something. Something I saw. I've forgotten. Arthur! Arthur, stop! Now stop thinking and you might remember. Now, have your tea before it gets cold. I've forgotten something. I'm sure I have. You haven't been investigating an insurance case he's in or something? No, I don't think so. But he did say us, as if there's a group or something. He sounded threatening to me, Arthur. 
Now, why don't you call that police officer, Amanda, the one you told me about in the park? That's a good idea. And she did give me her mobile number. I'm sure she won't mind me calling her. Well, if she does, she can just say so. Amanda Broughton. The Last Stand Down is an eight-episode fiction audio drama adapted from the novel by Philip J. Bradbury, written and produced by Philip J. Bradbury and Jeffrey Milne. The Last Stand Down was performed by Alan Youngson, Janet Finlay, Richard Edwards, Philip Bradbury, Willie James, Dylan Hodge, Danielle Channing, Tony Odling, and Heather Ambrickabell. With additional voices in this episode by Jeffrey Milne, Tia Peters, Taylor Wheatley, and Ariana Sharma. Theme music by 10 Grams. Cover art photo by Laura Schwett. Executive producers Jeffrey Milne and Philip J. Bradbury. The Last Stand Down is a Brisbane Podcasting Centre audio production recorded and produced during the COVID-19 pandemic 2020 with all voices recorded safely and remotely. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and give it a rating. New episodes will be released weekly. You can read more about The Last Stand Down by going to thelaststanddownpodcast.com where you can also find additional links to storylines and a link to the Philip J. Bradbury novel on Amazon through philipjbradbury.com. Thanks for listening to The Last Stand Down.